Hi, my name is Andrew Nippert, and I'm the youth and children's pastor at Third Baptist Church in Marion, Illinois. Our youth group, Thrive, meets weekly on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. Sunday nights is a high-energy gathering where we play games, sing songs, and study the Bible. Wednesday nights are our going deeper night where we spend the bulk of our time in small groups, building relationships with one another as we all attempt to understand God and genuinely follow Him together. What you're about to hear is a recording from our Sunday night gathering. You'll notice it is highly interactive. We'd love to have you join us in person every Sunday night. But in case you can't, we hope you enjoy this recording and that it helps you grow closer to God. If you have any questions about what you hear or would like more information about our church or youth group, feel free to contact us at tbmyouth at gmail.com. We hope you enjoy the podcast and that it helps you take the next step in your faith journey. Hebrews chapter 11, and we'll be there in just a second. All right. So, these next couple of weeks, I've, I've put a lot of thought into what exactly do we want to cover for these, these next uh, five Sundays, okay? These next five Sundays. What, what is it that we're going to cover during this time, all right? And I, I spent a lot of time thinking about it, and uh, one, of, one of these verses from the Bible came to my mind uh, that I, I really want you guys to, to grab onto, it's how I want to leave you, okay, with, with this, this verse uh, ringing in your ears. Plus, then we're going to have uh, one or two more at, at, at the end here. Um, some of you who have been around church, been around the Bible for a long time, you will know this verse, you will recognize this verse, but I want to come at it from a slightly different angle with you over the next three weeks, okay? Here, here's the verse. It's not in Hebrews. Keep your, keep your spot in Hebrews, okay? We'll, we're going to get there in just a second. Um, but some of you already know it just by looking at our, our title up there uh, for this series. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. So now, faith, hope, and love abide. These three but the greatest of these is love. Paul is writing to followers of Jesus in the book of Corinthians. He's talking about how over time, and especially at the beginning of the church, right? Jesus came to earth, lived a perfect life, spent three years ministering on the earth, doing miracles, giving sermons, his disciples day by day for three years. Okay, you've had me for five. Okay, all right, because I'm not as cool as Jesus. He's there for three years, okay, walking around with them, teaching them, and then he leaves. <laughs> yeah, except he wasn't resting. He, he like, yeah, yeah, so like he leaves, right? And when he leaves, he says, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm giving you the helper, the Holy Spirit. And as soon as the Holy Spirit shows up, this new thing starts on planet Earth called the church. It's this brand new movement. 
It's the collection of all the people who follow God all together, focusing in on pursuing God with their lives and reaching the entire world for Christ. And, and Jesus leaves them with this great commission. Uh, and, and depending on which verse you, you pull, it's either to go and make disciples of the whole world or it's to go and be witnesses for Jesus in the whole world. He leaves them that commission. That's their mission. That's their task. That's their mandate. That's their marching orders. If, if, you know, if you think of a general, he's telling his soldiers what to do. That's what he tells them. He says, go be my witnesses. Go make disciples of all the world. And they're like, great, we're going to do it. But guess what, Jesus? We have no idea how to do that. <laughs> they're like, how do, how do we do that? How do we follow you, God? Where, where do we start? And that's where the Holy Spirit shows up. And through the beginning of the church age here on earth, as the church is getting started, the Holy Spirit is teaching and growing the followers of Jesus and the apostles, the people who walked and talked with Jesus daily, they're receiving revelation from God and they're writing it down, right? The Bible is getting written during these times. Did you know that the entirety of the New Testament was written within 60-ish years of when Jesus was on the planet. Okay, it's all written in those, those first couple of decades, right after Jesus is here on the planet. And they're writing it down, they're doing all these different things, they're trying to figure out what does it mean to follow Jesus, how do we do this thing where we're going and we're making disciples, how do we go and represent uh, Jesus throughout the world? What does that look like for us? And as they're developing, they, they do these different things. They have these different spiritual gifts that are coming. And in the book of 1 Corinthians, in chapter 13, Jesus is trying to bring some clarity, some understanding, uh, and some, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Some simplicity to the whole discussion. What are we supposed to be doing? What is teaching us? And they're learning along the way. And, and this is what he says. Okay, you've had a while to grow up now because we're in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. The first 12 chapters, they cover a whole bunch of different things. And he says, all these things are great. But if you really want to follow God, it comes down to this love. It comes down to this thing called love. And, and the whole chapter 13, you've probably heard this. It gets read at, at uh, marriages, at weddings a lot. Anyone know what, what it says about love in chapter 13? Love hurts. <laughs> it does. It, it says love is patient and kind. Yes. Love does not envy or vote. Yeah, you guys know this. It's not arrogant or rude. And it goes on. It does this whole long discussion about what love is. And it builds up this whole concept and says, guys, because this is what's happening. The church is arrived, has arrived. It's here. And as, as things are changing, as the, the, the uh, landscape is changing, this is what remains. Three things. What are the three things that they need to be holding on to, gripping on to, that are going to teach them, that are going to grow them, that are going to show them how to live as they go forward in life? What is the thing that they're going to grab onto to carry them through life? What is it? I've said it multiple times now. Some of you aren't paying attention. No, no, you're close. You, you got one of them. You got one of them. Love is one. Hope and faith, right? What are the three things? And, and if we put them in the order they put them in, it's faith, hope, and love. He says these three things 
are going to remain with you. You see, it says, so now faith, hope, and love abide. What does it mean to abide? Anyone know? Isn't that like to obey? Uh, no, not exactly. Follow directions? Mm, no. Sort of. It's kind of like the idea of, of setting up camp. Okay? It's kind of like setting up camp. We, they've built a little house, and they're here to stay. Okay? They're not going anywhere. They're going to remain. What is the thing that's not going to leave? What is the thing that can carry you through what's coming next? These, these three things, faith, hope, and love. And what's the greatest of the three? Love. Faith. Love. So, what are we going to talk about for the next three weeks in here? Faith, hope, and love. Yeah, we have talked about love, but it's the greatest, right? It's the greatest, so we got to talk about love. we got to talk about it. It does hurt. <laughs> love can hurt. But we're not here to talk about love tonight because that's number three in the list. What are we going to talk about tonight? And Josiah did such a great job setting us up for this discussion tonight, talking about faith, asking the question, do you have faith? And do you live by faith? Do you actually look at your life through a lens of faith? And, and what would it look like if you did? That's what we're going to talk about tonight. So we're going to start out with this, this topic of faith. Let's pray together real quick before we go too much further here, because I think, I think we all just need to take a minute and, and center ourselves a little bit here. Dear God, I, I just ask that you would right now clear away any distractions that are in our minds, that are in our hearts. Help us to focus in on who you are and who you've called us to be. Help us not to uh, miss your truth. Help us not to miss out on what you're offering us, these gifts of faith and hope and love. Help us to grab them and hold on to them as we follow you with our lives. Help us to understand all these things and help us to live them out. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So you should be in Hebrews by now. So let's read what is uh, one of my all-time favorite verses in the Bible. Verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6 says this. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And I, I went ahead and I put it up, up there on the screen for you in case you didn't have a Bible or didn't, didn't find it in your Bible. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Who's him? God. God. Okay, just want to make sure we were all on the same page with that. How faith is impossible to please him? For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. Guys, let me tell you a life verse that, that you can memorize and always have with you. This is a really good one. Okay, this is a really good one to grab onto. Hebrews chapter 11 is called oftentimes the, the hall of faith, kind of like the hall of fame or something like that. It's like the hall of faith. It's, it, the, the entire chapter is about faith. We're going to read some other verses from it. But the whole chapter here lays out throughout history all these different people who followed God by faith and what that meant in their lives. And, and we're, we're not going to look at every verse in here because it's a long chapter. If, if you look at it, there's like 40-some verses in it. Yeah, 
there's exactly 40 verses in it. It's a long chapter. So what is, what is going on in this chapter? Let's, let's break down this verse just a little bit further uh, as, as we get started tonight. Let's, let's take, just take the first part here for a second. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. What are you trying to please or who are you trying to please with your life? Have you ever even wanted or thought about pleasing God with your life? Has, has there ever been a moment in your life where you were like, man, I want to please God? Who, who even is God? Well, the Bible explains God to be our creator. He's the one who made you on purpose, for a purpose. He's the one who has designed a life for you. And, and he's the one who wants to be with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. But so often, hum humans, humanity, we go through life just not caring. We just don't care about God. And, and this verse kind of lays out, it says, um, if you want to please God, if you want to have some kind of relationship with him, if you want to have some kind of connection with him, it starts with faith. It starts with faith. Who remembers the definition of faith that Josiah gave us earlier? Yeah, Carter. You forgot it? There's two of them. There is two of them. You're right. You're right. Josiah, can you remind us? Which one do you want? <laughs> give, us, give us the, uh, the first one, yeah. All right. Complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Yeah. Complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Do you feel that way about God? We'll come back to that in a second. So that's the first part of the verse. If you want to please God, it starts with faith. I know a lot of people who pay lip service to God or, or say, yeah, yeah, like God's out there. He's, he's real. Like, like I'm cool with God. He's cool with me, whatever. But then they don't live like they actually have faith in him. We'll come back to that in a second. Here's the second part of the verse. For whoever would draw near to God. I love this part of this verse. Because here's the thing. There have been times in my life where I have just wanted to draw near to God. You, you ever have that moment in your life? Like, don't, don't feel like you have to raise your hand or anything like that. But, like, think about it. Has there ever been a moment in your life where you're like, man, I feel so far away from God, and I, I just wish I could get closer to Him? I wish I could, could figure out what it would take to get with Him, to get closer to Him. What would that look like? What, what would I have to do? For whoever would draw near to God, here's the last part, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. That's, that's pretty kind of common sense, right? You wouldn't want to draw near to someone that you didn't even believe existed, right? You, you wouldn't want to have a relationship. You wouldn't want to please someone you didn't even think existed, but I want you to see there's two parts to faith. There's two parts to faith. There's, there's the, the initial faith, which says, yes, I believe he's there, and that he rewards those who seek him, that, that there is an a, uh, interplay that happens between us. As I seek him, he rewards me. As I seek him, he rewards me. Like, there's a back and forth that takes place here. I love this verse, too, because um, I, I think it gives us a little bit of permission Gives us a little bit of permission as followers of God, right? Why do you follow God? Why do you follow God? Guys, I'm going to be honest. I'm in it for the rewards. Like, 
I'm in it for the rewards. Like, I want heaven. I want to be with God for eternity. I don't want to be in hell for eternity. Like, I want the rewards. I want to know my life matters. I want to know that there is purpose to my life. I want to know that I'm doing good with my life and not doing evil or, or wrong or, or hurting people. I don't, that's not the person I want to be. I want to be the person that only God can make me. That's a reward. And, and, I, and I want to go to heaven because that just sounds awesome. When you, when you really study what heaven's like in the Bible, it's not about sitting on clouds and playing a harp with a little halo on your That's not what heaven is, okay? Heaven is so much more than that. I think we're going to be able to, we're going to be like superheroes in heaven, is, is, is what I think. We, you, those of you who were here with us when we did our heaven study last year, uh, like, like I, I legit, I think we're going to be able to like disapparate like and appear places like, or fly or like, I think we're going to be able to read minds and like just fully know one another like in, in perfect, like I, I think it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And I'm going to have a cottage out in the wilderness somewhere. I'm going to have breakfast with Jesus every morning. Like, like it's, going to be, it's going to be awesome. I don't know how it's going to work, but it's going to be awesome. Whatever it is. It's going to be great because it's going to be with God. I want that. I want that reward. And faith is two-part. Yeah, you have to believe he exists and that there is a reward waiting. We got this? We're understanding? Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. That is the foundation for faith. But what even is faith, right? We kind of started talking about it a little bit. It's a confidence. It's a a trust in someone or something. Let me give you the Pastor Andrew definition, okay? I did not Google these. This actually comes out of the Bible. Look at Hebrews 11, verse 1. Okay, we started out in verse 6. Now let's jump back to verse 1 because the Bible actually gives us the definition of faith. It says this, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The assurance of things hoped for. You ever have something in your life that you just like really hope happens? Or really hope is real? Right? Yeah. Um, How many of you have ever had those hopes like totally destroyed? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like totally. Totally. Um, I remember. I just remembered this. So when I was like, I must have been like seven or eight, okay? My dad um, uh, promised me that for my birthday, we would go to this, this fancy restaurant uh, near, near where we lived at the time in New York that had a, um, a big turtle, like in a tank, like right at the front, like when you walked in, it, it had this big turtle. It's like this really fancy thing. I don't know what it was, but I really wanted to go eat at that restaurant. Like, like I was like, that's, that's just all I want. Like my dad asked, what, what, do you, what do you want for your birthday? I was like, I want to go eat at that restaurant with a turtle in it. Like, that's, that's what I want. And he's like, Great, we're gonna do it. And I trusted my dad. I was like, I was like, this is so exciting. Like, like this is coming back to me right now, guys. Okay, like this, this, because you know where this is going. So we we like are are so excited. My birthday comes around. And he's like, you and me, bud. We're gonna go have have lunch together at the turtle restaurant. We pack up. We head out there, and the place is closed. Aww. It's closed. Like I don't remember. Like it was the day of the week we went or something. Like they were just like, oh, we're just we're just closed today. And my dad was like, okay, well, we're gonna have to come back sometime. And I was like. You know, I, I think I was crying. Like, I don't even remember. Like, I was ticked. Like, I, I was broke up. And guess what? We never went back, right? Like, it, 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 I, I never got to eat with the turtle, you know? Like, it's like, it, and sometimes we experience this in life where our faith 
in someone or something doesn't come through. And that's the nature of faith. Faith at its, at its core is something that you have to believe that, that you don't know for sure. You don't know for sure that it's going to come, but you're going to live like you're sure of it. That's what it means when it says it's the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So what does that mean, the conviction of things not seen? Faith is a conviction of what isn't seen. What isn't seen. Uh, like this, faith is certain of what is uncertain. Faith is being certain of what is uncertain. Faith is believing what can't be proved. Faith is ultimately believing what can't be proved. And this is, this is the thing, guys, because as soon as you can prove something, you no longer have to have faith in it. Do you ever think about that? Like, as soon as you can prove it, you no longer have to believe in it. it it's just a fact, then. It's, it's just the way it is. This is actually one of the reasons I think that uh, the whole, like, creation, evolution, debate, and all these, all these different things. Like, like, at the end of the day, you can't really prove like hardly anything in life. Practically everything at some point in life breaks down to you got to believe something. You got to put your trust in something. Because especially if you go start going back in time, you get past 100, 200 years, nobody's alive that was alive back then. So now we're just taking people's words on everything, right? The words they wrote down. The words that, that we've found recorded somewhere. We're just taking people's words on it. We're trusting people. Most of you probably trust what your math book tells you. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have a math book anymore? <laughs> okay, how about your science book? How many of you trust your science book? Your Chromebook that, that gives, you, gives you your Google Classroom. Most of you, how many of you trust what Google Classroom tells you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, you're smart. You figured it out already. You figured it out already. But this is, this is how we go. You should not trust Google. You should not, not, don't trust anything out there. So, at some point in your life, faith is about believing what can't be proven. What can't be proved. And the question is, do you believe in God? Do you believe, remember there's two parts, do you believe that he exists? Do you believe he's there? Guys, I'm going to tell you honestly, I've got a lot of good arguments for why I think there's a God out there. I've got a lot of good arguments for it. And if, if you want to have that discussion, I will argue with you all night. Like, let's go. Like, I've got a lot of good arguments, but at the end of the day, I can't prove it. I can't prove it. But I believe it. I believe it. And, and you guys have to make the decision, what are you going to believe? What are you going to trust in? Faith is believing what can't be proved. What does it look like then? Because that's the first part. Believe that he exists. What's the second part? Believe that he rewards those who seek him. That he exists and he, he rewards those who seek him. So what does it look like to live out your faith? What does it look like to actually live your faith out in a day-to-day? -day? So maybe you're sitting there and you're going, yeah, I believe there's a God. I believe he's real. I, I, I believe I have a relationship with, with him, maybe. Maybe you go that far. Do you live like it? How does that play out in everyday life? Well, and, and you guys have been around for a while. You've heard this before. Living by faith. What does it mean to live by 
faith, guys. Tell me. Not, not Brady, who's looking at the screen. What does it mean to live by faith? Come on, guys, don't, don't disappoint me. No? Man! Doing what you know God wants you to do and trusting Him for how it will all turn out. And the collective, the collective ahs went around the room as everyone remembered that. Yeah, it's been, it's been a little while since, we, since we've done that. Yeah. Living by faith. Let's take a second and break this down. Think about it. This is the Pastor Andrew definition, okay? This is not directly word for word in the Bible anywhere, uh, but I think principles there in the Bible. We're going to read that in just a second. Living by faith. What does it mean to live by faith? It means you do what you know God wants you to do and trust Him for how it will turn out. Have you ever had that moment where you're like, man, I know God doesn't want me to do this thing. I know it's like against the Bible. I know the verse that says I shouldn't do this. But I really want to do it. I really want to do it. In that moment, when you're choosing between sinning and not sinning, what you're actually doing is this. You're deciding, do I trust God and, and follow his rules and trust him for how that'll all go? Or am I going to trust myself and do the thing that I want to do because I trust that I know how it will turn out if I do. Do you guys see how that's the choice you're making? You're deciding, who, who am I going to trust? Do I trust God's way or do I trust my way? Guys, that's a faith decision. Every time you decide whether to follow God or not, it's a faith decision. I'll give you an example. Um, you did something wrong. Okay? You, did, you did something wrong. And someone calls you out on it. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a teacher. Maybe you cheated on a test or something. Okay, And, and the, the teacher, teacher catches you and they're like, did you cheat on this test? Okay. You know, and I'm not looking at anyone in the room. Okay, I'm not trying to pick on anyone. <laughs> you know, I should not tell a lie right now. But if I follow God's rules and I tell the truth, I'm going to get failed. I'm going to get in trouble. I might get kicked out of something. Like, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble if I go that way. If I lie, I'll, I'll be okay. I, I, can, prob I can probably get, a, get away with it, right? <laughs> probably would. At that moment, you're choosing between a path that's God's way and your way, and you think you know how both of those things are going to turn out. And what God wants you to do is he wants you to say, if, if God was standing there right now, like if you're, you're looking at your two paths, God's standing there and he's saying, would you just trust me? Would you just trust me? I'm telling you, tell the truth. Will you trust me and tell the truth and I will take care of you? Or are you going to trust yourself and do the thing you want to do and see how that turns out for you? That's a trust decision. Every single, every single area of your life breaks down to this. You know the one that's, that's really common, that, that's really easy to make this point on? Sex. Sex. Okay? How so? Well, most people, most people, uh, they know. They know, especially if you've ever been to youth group, okay? If you've been around church, you probably know God's design for sex. Did you know God is the one who came up with the idea of sex? Yeah. 
came up with the idea. Uh, he's like, angels, watch this. I'm going to do something awesome with these people. They don't even know. Like, it was like, it's great. So it's his idea, this awesome gift to man. And he's like, here it is, but I've got a design for it. There's a certain way that you're supposed to do it. One man, one woman together for life, marriage. That's where sex happens, okay? And he's like talking to us. He's like, that's the way it works, okay? And we're like, sounds great, God. Sounds awesome. But I'd rather do it my way. But I don't want to wait for marriage. But what if I can come up with a better way of having sex than you did, God? Right? This is what we do. And we don't use these exact words, but in the moment of sin, this is what we're saying to God. We're saying, God, I see your plan over here, but I think I've got a better plan, and I trust my plan more than I trust your plan. <laughs> you shouldn't. God's way, my way. Living by faith says, you know what? I don't like it. I think I've got a better plan, but I've got to trust God. Living by faith is saying, whatever the area, whatever the area of sin is in your life or whatever the area of, of struggle you're having, it's saying, God, I'm going to trust your plan and not my plan. I'm going to do what I know God wants me to do, and I'm going to trust him for how it will all turn out. Where did I get that definition from? If you're still in Hebrews 11, let's look at some people here. Verse 8, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out. There's, there's that, to go. He's called to go leave his home. He was called to go out to a place that he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Abraham is living a great life with his parents. Okay? He's still living in his parents' basement. It's, it's, it's what they did back in the day. He's, he's a shepherd. He's got lots of money, lots of animals. Everything's going really well for him. God shows up and says, hey, I want you to leave your parents' house because I'm going to take you to somewhere. He's like, where are we going? He says, I'll tell you when we get there. That's, that's literally how the conversation goes. And he says, oh, and by the way, I'm going to make your descendants as many uh, as the number of grains of sand on the beach. And Abram's like, but like, no one knows how many descendants, you know, no, nobody knows how many sand granules are on the beach. And he's like, that's the point. I'm going to make your descendants so numerous you can't even count them. And Abram goes, okay. I'll follow you. I'll trust you. And he leaves his home. He leaves his home. And it's like a hundred years until he has his first kid. He's a hundred years old when he has his first kid. It's crazy. But what did he do? He did what he knew God wanted him to do, and he trusted God for how it was all going to turn out. That's just Abraham. Sarah, his wife similarly had to make a decision by faith. Verse 23, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to call the son of Pharaoh's, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. By faith, he left Egypt not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover, sprinkled the blood, so the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith the people crossed the Red Sea. And we can keep going. 
This whole chapter is like this. All these different by faiths that these people are doing. You guys know the story of Moses, right? Who's seen The Prince of Egypt? Right? It's a great movie. Y'all sh should see it. We need to have a movie night and watch it or something like that. <laughs> there is a camel in it. <laughs> yeah. Moses, right? He goes out, crosses the Red Sea. You know, there's all the plagues that come down. Why did he do all those things? He was like the prince of Egypt. And, and God got a hold of him at some point and said, no, you're my son. You're my follower. You're, you're, you're a Hebrew. You're a follower of God. And you're going to follow me and I'm going to do things with you. And he had to make a decision. Stay in the palace of Egypt. Be the prince of Egypt or follow God. Which would you choose? That's a tough choice. You could have anything you want, stay in the palace, or follow God. You know where the first place he went was after he followed God? The desert. <laughs> he wandered around the desert, ends up as a, as a sheep herder. And he's there for like 40 years until he's wandering around with the sheep and walks around a corner and there's a bush on fire. And, and, and the bush isn't, isn't burning up, it's just on fire. And he's like, what's going on? And he's like, hey, it's me, God. Remember the guy who got you out of Egypt? Like, I'm going to send you back to Egypt now, and I'm going to have you get all those people out of there. And he had to make a faith decision. Was he going to do what he knew God wanted him to do and trust him for how it all turned out? And because he did trust God, we have the book of Exodus. We have the story of, of Moses leading the people out of captivity because they li he lived by faith. And this, this whole chapter goes on and on about all these different people. You should read through it on, on your own time uh, that, that chose to follow God. Do you have faith like that? Do you have faith? This is the exact same question that Josiah asked you. I've just taken three times as long to say the same thing that he said. Everybody believes in something. That should be a period. Not a question. Everybody believes in something. What do you believe in? Some people believe in nothing. I believe that nothing is nothing. Okay, you're believing that because you can't prove it. Everybody believes in something. What do you believe in? What do you have faith is real? Do you believe in God? Do you believe he's out there? Only you can, can make that decision. Do you live like you believe in God? If, if you say you do, if you say that you do believe in God, do you live like it? Again, what's the difference between someone who lives like it and someone who doesn't? Someone who lives like it goes, okay, I believe God's real. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to choose his way instead of my way. I'm going to do what I know is right and trust him for how it all turns out. You are the only one who can make those decisions for yourself. What does it look like? Do what you know God wants you to do. It will all turn out. Faith, hope, love. These three remain. Greatest of these is love. But faith. Guys, if, if you want to grab onto something that will carry you, through the rest of your life, this is the first step. Do what you know God wants you to do and trust him for how it will all turn out. That's really scary sometimes. Really hard sometimes. But that's what it means to live by faith. 
And it starts with believing that he exists and that he rewards those who are willing to live like that. Let me pray. We'll get out of here. Dear God, thank you so much for your word and the truth that it brings to our lives. God, help us to become men and women of faith. Men and women who are willing to follow you, willing to do what we know you want us to do. Men and women who trust you for our futures, trust you for how everything is going to turn out. God, I know there are things facing me right now that I don't know how they're going to turn out. And I know there are people in this room that have things coming at them that they're scared about, that they don't know how it's going to turn out. Help us to trust you as we follow you. We love you and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, see you guys Wednesday night as we dig deeper. If you want to talk about anything, come on up here. I'll be here. Well, that concludes our message for this week. Just a reminder, except for during some holidays and special events, our youth group Thrive gathers every week on Sunday nights from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. and on Wednesday nights from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Unless otherwise specified, our gatherings and events are for middle school and high school students in grades 6 through 12. We would always love to have you join us as we get together to learn what it truly means to thrive in this life by living the life that's found in Christ.